0: Welcome to Prove It, Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson, and joining me today is UEC's Scott Milby, who is the executive vice president. Thank you for joining us today, sir. Hi, Maurice. It's great to be here. You know, for someone who wants to get a deeper perspective into uranium, I'd like for you to share with us uh, first and foremost your background. Sure. And then let's let's transition that into discussing what is the catalyst in uranium, from your perspective.
1: Sure. Well, Maurice, uh, I've been very fortunate to spend 33 years in the uranium industry and the nuclear energy industry, uh, really starting with the industry back in the mid-1980s. And through that time, I've uh, been on both the brokerage trading side. I've bought nuclear fuel for uh, a nuclear power station in Arizona, uh, 22 years with Cameco, including uh, head of their global marketing subsidiary, and uh, also working with the Russians at Uranium One in uh, uh, bringing uranium out of Kazakhstan and into global markets. So uh, you know, bringing all that experience now to UEC at a time like this in the market is very exciting. And uh, you know, I think the, the point that we're at in the commodity cycle here is quite exciting, uh, uh, not, for us, not just us in the industry, but also for investors, in that what we have with uranium is a commodity which has been extremely uh, un, under pressure and, and undervalued over uh, the years, Following the Fukushima incidents in Japan, but uh, running in the background, we have a very vibrant growth industry, which is nuclear energy. And uh, for a number of reasons, the large, uh, low-cost, uh, emission-free electricity source, it's nuclear energy, is uh, being deployed around the world. Uh, 65 reactors are under construction. Those are in addition to the 440 reactors that are operating around the world. Um, These are baseload plants. They're the 24-7 units that are the first to come on the grid and the last to go off. So we have this situation where demand is increasing at 2-3% per year. 2015 was a record year for new uh, installed capacity added to the global uh, electricity grids, yet the commodity is still at a very low point, and that's what uh, is an opportunity for not only our company but our investors as well. Now, speaking of that,
0: it seems as if, from a fundamental standpoint, that the stars are aligned for an upswing, yet the price, in our opinion, is depressed. Sure. Talk to us on what, you might, what might be the catalyst for this breakout that we're all anticipating. Sure.
1: Sure. Well, I, there's a number of factors that are, that are going to drive things, but let's just focus on one is, is China, because it's very much in the news. Uh, in March of this year, the Chinese government produced their 13th five-year plan. Which lays out the economic uh, plan for the country in the coming five years. Given the air quality pollution uh, issues they're having in major Chinese cities, a heavy theme throughout that document was uh, efforts that can be uh, employed by the government to clean up, clean uh, clean the air and reduce air pollution. In- integral to that was the nuclear energy plan, and China was already on a growth plan of exceeding the installed U.S. nuclear capacity within the next ten years. But in that plan, uh, partly as a result of a moratorium on new coal-fired plants, but also as a bit of a stimulus in terms of building nuclear plants, not only on coastal sites but in inland provinces of China, Uh, a huge build-out of, uh, I would say it's uh, an acceleration of the nuclear energy program in China. I think they're targeting 160 gigawatts of installed capacity by 2030, so this is a, a incredible nuclear power program, and these uh, 13th five-year plans, these are blueprints, marching orders for the state-owned companies to go out and buy the buy the uranium, hire the uh, and train nuclear physicists, technicians, acquire the sites, and so uh, the wheels are in motion. This isn't a forward-looking story; it's happening right now. The Chinese are are importing 50 over 50 million pounds a year. Uh, from global uranium sources in, into China which is more than the United States nuclear energy industry consumes in a year so it's a very exciting story and it's happening now.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm glad you touched on it because there is there is a lot of ambiguity as far as the commitment. China as you just mentioned you have an extensive experience with them they're committed whereas some of the more Western countries they may not be as committed where it is on the drawing board per se so someone who's new
1: to the story of uranium just want to please re-emphasize that China
0: he is committed.
1: Absolutely, and, I, and and the Chinese are very strategic and very opportunistic. Uh, take for example the years following Fukushima. While that might have been a, a struggle for the industry during this period, the Chinese took advantage of it and have gone out and invested in uranium assets in the United States, like in our uh, UEC. Uh, we have Li kai Sheng as a major investor. We have CGN, big uh, utility uh, nuclear power company in China investing in next-gen in Canada, and you know, investments being made all over the world in assets with uranium in the ground, but also these above ground inventories. They're not waiting uh, uh, to, to buy that uranium. They're taking advantage of the low prices now to build up some stockpiles, and we, we expect that to continue going forward.
0: It was sticking with that theme with China. So where do you anticipate some of that uh, uranium is going to come from? Could it be Uec?
1: It absolutely could um, The biggest suppliers of uranium to China presently are Kazakhstan being a border they can uh, they have a rail crossing where the the majority of the imports are coming from Kazakhstan but also uh, you know certainly uh, Australia African uh, countries looking to and, and are exporting Canada may, has made their first imports into China but the U.S. industry has been uh, a bit absent. Now we have the necessary bilateral diplomatic agreements in place for the United States to supply China, and there is a real uh, interest on their part to have that happen. So I think one of the first things we'll do in South Texas when we get into production, we already have uh, you know the uh, the commitments from the Chinese that they would love to have that supply. Route opened up uh, and developed in the coming years.
0: You know, speaking of production and, and switching gears here, let's go now to the Western Hemisphere and specifically let's talk about UEC. So, from a production standpoint, your cost to produce uranium is in essence, what, $27? Yes. And uh, we look at what does it cost right now for the industry to produce uranium, is what?
1: Right. The, uh, I think the, the cost curve as it stands today, I think you would have half of global production. Uh, underwater, if you will, in a $25, $26 market. And uh, if we look at not only just the existing mines, but what it would take to expand an an existing mine or make major capital investment to build a new mine, uh, and we're talking about uh, conventional open pit operations, we're talking $70, $80 a pound. So it's quite a gap between where we're at at 25. dollars and 70 $80 a pound, so uh, lower cost producers like ISR producers, like ourselves in Texas, uh, with scalable low cost operations that can ramp up quite quickly, uh, you know, will fit a very nice niche as the market recovers.
0: And and speaking of your low cost, it looks like there might be an opportunity for you to expand according to the USGS. Uh, Could you share that with the
1: Yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, The USGS just completed a report, and they work in conjunction with the IAEA out of Vienna, which is the International Atomic Energy Agency. And they very regularly do surveys of uh, uranium resources and a- adequacy globally in, as a way to assess how the industry will support the growth of nuclear power going forward. And the USGS concluded uh, in a report late last year, uh, came out early this year, that the South Texas region is one of the most prospective regions and has the biggest potential for exploration, discovery and, and uh, success. Uh, of all the uranium producing regions in the world and we believe that that's why we're in south texas uh the goliad formation of the south texas coastal plains um have produced uh, many millions of pounds through the years and we think through uh, additional development and a very receptive state the regulatory climate in texas it's uh, they're just as welcoming of us as they are oil and gas uh the potential for growth in texas and and for the united states is enormous well
0: that's quite enticing to hear You know, for uh, investors and prospective investors, that is, uh, that want to know more about UEC, can you share a website and phone number,
1: please? Sure, Uh, uraniumenergy.com, and uh, I would be happy to share any insights on the uranium market uh, or our company as we're uh, taking advantage of uh, the uranium market that's emerging. Well, Mr. Melby, thank you for joining us today. Great, thanks. All proven improbable. My pleasure.